Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right today? Everybody's good? You stayed up late last night watching football. I think everybody's enjoying what they're seeing right now, right? Oh, I thought you'd be a little more rowdy today, but you're not. Still asleep. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. My daughter went to homecoming this weekend. I'm going to continue talking about different faith today. I want you to know that I took a different kind of faith. Didn't feel that way with the boys. But my daughter went to homecoming, man. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump in the Bible. Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to read the same verses that I read last week because I want to pick up where I left off. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home And I love this. Just say the word. Look at your neighbor and say word. Come on, some of y'all remember that from the late 80s. Some of y'all wasn't even born then. But back in the day, if you looked at somebody and said word, you were pretty cool. Just say the word from where you are. Watch this now. This is incredible. He said, just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. That is so strong. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers and I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. I want to tell you a story real quick in the middle of reading the Bible verses. When I was a kid and we got out of line, y'all going to get a kick out of this. Um, My dad had some really unique correction sayings. I'm sure your parents had some too. And my dad, he would he would go on this little this little lecture that he would give us, and it would start with something like this: "You're gonna walk the chalk line." So you can't do that anymore. But back in the day, that's how they did it, and we turned out great. And uh, and and he said, "Watch this." He said, "Whenever I say frog, I thought he was gonna say you were gonna jump." He said, "When I say frog, you're gonna say how high do you want me to jump?" I thought that was going to be funny, but it wasn't. Some of y'all worried about my well-being. That was one of his sayings. So if I say frog, you're going to ask me how high should I jump. So anyway, back to the Bible because that didn't work. All right. (laughs) All right. So just say the word from where you are. My servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they will come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Now imagine being the guys following Jesus. Like, what about us? What about us? He said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. He's basically telling them there's going to be some outsiders that are going to get in that you weren't expecting to be there because you're so familiar with this and these people are not, but they have faith and they believe. They will be included in this feast in the kingdom of heaven. 
But many Israelites, for those whom the kingdom was was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home. Watch this. Because you believed, it has happened. Past tense. Because you believe, it has happened. It's already happened because you believed. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're going to speak to us. And I pray, Father, that our faith today will be moved. That with our ears we hear, but I pray with our mouth we will confess and with our heart we will believe that anything is possible with you. I pray, Father, that all the doubts, all the the mind to try to figure it all out will be placed aside and that we will truly dedicate our heart to believing you no matter what. Thank you, Lord, for this service. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So last week we talked about different faith, and we didn't get to finish. So today I want to carry on, but I want to recap before we carry on for today. Last week what we did was we contrasted Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus is amazed at the faith of a Roman officer. We, we contrasted it to Mark 6, where Jesus was amazed at the unbelief of people that were the most familiar with him. It's in Mark 6 where these people, they're so familiar with who Jesus is that they can't believe what he can do. It's become too accustomed to him. They've been there, done that, saw it, got the t-shirt. They know how this works. And many times for us as believers, we can get to the point to where we've seen it, we've experienced it, we've got the t-shirt, we know how this works, we know they're going to play the soft music, which is going to move people, but there is still the power of God that is still at play, even though we know and we think we know how all of this works. These people grew up knowing Jesus, they had a relationship with him, but they had no revelation of who he was. And then in Matthew 8, here's a man that is unfamiliar with Jesus, but he confidently believes him. He sees how Jesus is working, and he can relate to it because he sees the authority that Jesus is operating in. He's under the authority of the Father, and he's operating in that authority. And because he's under authority, he is a good candidate to be in authority. Can I just put a plug right here? If you have a problem with authority, you will struggle when you are in authority. This is, this is huge because a lot of people think being in authority just means telling people what to do, but being in authority means I carry responsibility. And that responsibility must be carried out. Just a little something I'll slide in there today. And so this man, this Roman officer, he has no relationship, but he can see who Jesus is, and he believes differently than the people that should have believed. He has this different kind of faith, and Jesus was amazed at his faith. Think of that. Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. Would Jesus be amazed at your faith? Or would he be amazed at your unbelief? And I know that's a little bit of a heavy question because I would like to think he's amazed at my faith. But I have my moments, just like you do. Moments where I just believe it. Play that song again. Let's go. Let's do it. And then I have moments where it's like, I don't know. I wish. I hope. I think. Maybe. Can you? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever have those moments where it's like, I don't know, my faith is struggling a little bit. 
And we talked about how this miracle that Jesus does for this man, this is the first miracle that Jesus performs, and he's not present for it. This is the first miracle where he just sends the word, and it happens, and Jesus isn't there. Jesus even offered to go to the Roman officer's house. He's like, I will come to your house. And I don't know, maybe the Roman officer talked to his wife and his wife said, no, he can't come because the house is a mess. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe she told Jesus, you can't come. My house is a mess. But the officer knew Jesus didn't have to come in person. He only had to send his word. That's all I need. I just need you to send your word. And this Roman officer, he has this different kind of faith that Jesus is just, he's just amazed with. And he believed it. Jesus, just send your word. It's going to happen. And we shared Isaiah 55, 11. It's the same with my word. I send it out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish. Say accomplish. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And I think about how much word we have access to now. How much of the Bible, how many Bible studies we've been in, how many sermons we've heard, how many podcasts we listen to. And you got to ask ourselves, with all of the wealth of the word that we have, why do we still struggle with our faith? Why can't we just believe Jesus at his word when we have every analysis of his word? We have every argument. We have every debate that is out there that you want. You can hear it. You can access it. You can read it. You can learn it. But for some reason, we're learning so much and we're hearing so much, but our faith isn't growing. Our faith still remains in the place of question. Our faith still remains in the place of doubt. And it's almost like we've come okay, become okay with being a person that has our doubts. Because everybody has their doubts. But I believe that God wants us to walk in, a, in, in, in our faith in such a way that no matter what occurs, we still believe that he is able. Amen? Amen? Like we truly believe that the almighty God is able to do miracles even if we're not seeing what we want to see. And it's obvious that this Roman officer had a level of faith that Jesus looked at and said, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. I've never seen people believe like this before. And it has me thinking. We are called to live a life of faith. Now, we're better at living feelings than faith. Can I get an amen? Because some of us didn't feel like it today. There are empty chairs next to you, and I just got to tell you, they weren't feeling it today. And so you're the faithful few. Thank you so much. Come on, you're the faithful few. And next week when they come to Fall Fest, don't look at them weird, okay? Just ask them to help pick up the trash. There you go. All right, all right. Let's mess with them a little bit. But we're called to live a life of faith. And that faith is in the person of Jesus. And sometimes we have faith, but we don't make it personally about Jesus. We just make it about that thing that we need him to make happen. Come on now. Like, Jesus, I will know you're real if you do this. I will know you're real if you can do that. And Jesus one time was asked, can you heal my kid? If you can, will you heal my kid? And Jesus was like, if I can. If I can. He can. And I, I think we got to go from this place of having an if you can kind of faith to I believe that you can. And what's hard is we have these things like feelings, which tell us otherwise. And then watch this other thing. We got this other thing called I need to figure it out. Come on, how many of y'all fall into that category? That's me. I got to, because I get hyped up, man. I believe you preach this sermon to me, I'm ready. 
Let's do it. I will tackle you. I'll pray down all of heaven. But after I pray, come on, come on, who's coming with me? After I pray, I sit there and I start thinking, all right, now how would you do that? And if I was the Lord, how would, let me think how I would do that. Let's see, the Lord likes to get the glory, so I probably need to make this a little bit dramatic. And then you start drawing conclusions about how it needs to go. Come on, let's be real. So we got the, the folks that are feelings people, and then we got the people who are figuring it out. And then there's a whole other category of people who have feelings and trying to figure it out, and they are just all over the place. Because when it doesn't happen the way they figure it out, then it hurts their feelings, and they start to assign like, oh, maybe the Lord's trying to get me back for that time in seventh grade when I cut in line at the lunchroom and I went back and told the lady I didn't get french fries and I could get extra. Like, that's, isn't it crazy? Or is that just people like me that think that way? Thank you. Thank you. There's one other person. We're the weird ones. The rest of y'all just act like you got it together. I know. Am I telling the truth, though? We got the feelings, like all the feelings, man. Because there are some days where you wake up and it's like, I'm feeling it. There are some days, I've seen it with some of you. You wake up, you come to church, you can tell you are feeling it. You're like, got a little, little exuberance in your worship. And then there are other Sundays where you look like you're mad at the world. And your team won the night before. I don't know if you got in a fight with your wife on the way to church or if your kids were climbing on the walls of your automobile or what, but it went from one week where you were ready to charge hell with a water pistol to the next week where it was like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't come around me. Feelings. Come on, all up in my feelings. And it's something. Like, tomorrow's Monday. I, I'm not trying to preach bad news to you. I'm just letting you know. And for some of us, we've been living for like over 40 years and still have not come to the conclusion that it's Monday. And coffee still hasn't saved you from a Monday yet. All up in the feelings. All up in it. And then to figure it out, people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you got a formula for everything. You, and you try to predict you come to church and you try to predict what we're going to do next. Oh, watch how they do this next song. Oh, they're going to say something in between it. I'll bet. I wonder if it's going to be Brenna or if it's going to be Kyle. Oh, this week it's going to be Kyle. It's been a couple of weeks. Brenna's been sharing, so it's going to be Kyle this week. That's what's going to happen. Just trying to figure it all out. And I just want to step back for a moment and just ask us this question. What is wrong with us? Because we can't even enjoy some really good stuff. I, I was watching some of the game last night. And it's such a different perspective to watch a game on TV and be in the stadium and watch the game. You ever notice that? Because the people in the stadium don't get to get all the information like we get when we're watching TV. And we don't, you don't get to see the replay like really, really close. They show it in the stadium and stuff, but it's different when you're at your house and you can see it up close and you see fans that are like losing their mind <laughs> over what happened. And at home, it's like, it's obvious. It's obvious. And I know everybody's like, they were holding, man. They were holding. They were holding us all night. If you watch the other side of the ball, they were holding too. Yeah. See how quiet it got. <laughs> Some of y'all like, don't mess with my team, bro. All these feelings and all these emotions and all of this 
this figuring it out, all working into, do I believe? Do I believe God? And there is some reality to those feelings because there are some great feelings that come with the presence of the Lord. There are some incredible feelings. And I would say this, I believe God can give you some incredible strategies to help you figure out some things in your life. And by the way, some of you, you need some of that strategy because feelings ain't going to carry you. You need some figure it out. You do. And some of the figure it out people, you need some feelings because you need to be happy that it works sometimes. But all of this, the feelings, the figuring it out, the one thing that Jesus responds to, guess what it is? It's faith. If you want to get his attention, faith is the way to go. Because it just grabs. Think of that compliment. I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. It would be like a teacher complimenting your child. In all the school, I've never seen a student like your kid. That's a good feeling, am I right? Try, try to go hang out with friends after that and not say something about it. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up, but at our parent-teacher conference, our teacher told us our child was the best in the school. And that's not what they said, but that's how we say it. You know what I'm saying? Come on, put a little bit on it. Jesus, he responds to faith. And that's why this guy's attention, this guy's comment, it has Jesus' attention. He's so amazed with it because Jesus, the one thing he's looking for is faith. Look at this in Luke 18. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he, will he find on the earth who have faith? In fact, there's another verse that says the world's sin is unbelief. Now, you and I, we would think, oh, I'll tell you what the world's sin is. It's perversion. He said it's unbelief. Now, why is that? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's draw a conclusion here. Faith in God is pleasing to him. Now you understand why it's such a fight of faith. Because the enemy knows if he can mess with your faith, he can keep you from pleasing God. And a child that cannot please their parents is more liable to do some things that they should not be doing out of things like disappointment and discouragement. Come on, are we going somewhere now? Because this is the point where you begin to say, I don't care anymore because I can't please them anyway. And I just want to draw your attention today to the place in your life where you have faith. And I want you to know this, that God has given us a measure of faith. God has already given you faith. Do you believe that? Look at your neighbor and tell him you already got faith. You do. You already have faith. Now, the question is this. What have you been doing with your faith? See, I've learned faith is like a muscle. And if you work it, it builds. But if you don't work it, it becomes weak. And watch this, though. I'm going to show you how all this comes together. Because for me to believe it and to work it, I got to feel it. And if I don't feel it, come on. Didn't go to the gym yesterday. Why? Wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Come on. Wasn't feeling it. You going to more? I don't know. Well, what's going to determine if you go? Got to see if I'm feeling it or not. <laughs> see what I'm saying? So the feelings get in the way. But then the figuring it out gets in the way because you're trying to calculate. In other words, let me just say it like this. I'm trying to do God's job for him. Come on. I know, man. 
Mm. I'm trying to do God's job for him instead of just believing that he is able to do what he said he was going to do. So he's given you this measure of faith, and the question is, what are you going to do with it? Do you know that fear is actually faith? Because fear is belief. It's just in the wrong direction. That's what it is. What's the acronym? False evidence appearing real. Is that how the old preachers used to say it in the 90s? That's what it is. I, I, I'm choosing to believe this hypothetical that I have figured out, and I'm definitely feeling. And that's got to be true because I have it figured out, and I feel it. And, y'all, I've lived long enough to know there's a lot of things that I felt, and I was wrong. One of the things we like to ask our kids after they take a test, hey, how would you think it went? And this is what they'll say. Well, I felt good about it. <laughs> Come on, y'all know what I'm saying? And then we look at the grade. It was like, brother, your feelings are off. <laughs> And then there have been moments where it's like, ooh, and they'll come and confess ahead of time. I didn't feel too good about this one. Yeah, this wasn't good. I'm just giving you the heads up before, before you begin the correction process. I'm giving you the heads up. And then we'll look at the great, and it's like, you did really good. And like, I cannot believe this. What are you doing with your faith? And this is what I want you to know. You have faith already. You can believe God. You've got to make the decision, and listen, this is what I've learned about this decision. It's not a one-time decision. It's all the time. It's over and over and over again believing God over my feelings and believing God over me figuring it all out. And i got a feeling there's some folks in here that's been trying to figure it out. And it's almost like we hit the pause button on the Lord and everything he could do until we can figure it out. And once we figure it out, then we'll hit play again. Or we hit the pause button and until I feel it. And we want all the feelings to go away like this. When the fear goes away, I will finally take that step. Can I tell you the fear is not going to go away? You say, how do you know that? Because it's been over 20 years you've been saying that. You've been saying, one day I'm going to start that business. And you keep waiting for the right time. You keep waiting for the right time. And it's never been the right time. And I don't think it's a matter of time as much as it is, I just don't believe I can do it. See, it's a faith issue. And the root of so many things in our lives, believe it or not, is faith. Do you believe? Like a student who is struggling in school. It's amazing how when they sit down with a tutor, they can do so well. But you put them in the class, it's like something happens. What is it? Is it, a, is, it a, is it an attention problem? Is it a focus problem? Or is it a faith? I believe I can do this. And it's happening to the student. It's happening to the employee. There are people in this room that do not believe that you can walk in that role at work because this is just who I am. I'm just a worker person. I'm not supervision. And you've just kind of accepted yourself at a level and you say, this is me because you can't figure out how you could operate at a level like that or you don't feel that good about yourself. See, it's a faith thing. Can I keep going? Because there are moments where... Ooh, I got a little sniffle. Oh, Lord, this is it. I need to lock down. Sickness is overtaken. No, it is not. Come on, get yourself a Claritin and go to work. Like, like, why do we allow this stuff to begin to overtake us? One little thing happens. Oh, this is the first domino that falls. Calm down. 
you know what they used to call that? Just being negative. Now we call that processing. That's a bad process. Seriously. Because in our minds, if we can't feel it and we can't figure it out, then surely the Lord can't do it. And I would just take you throughout Scripture and show you over and over where people weren't feeling it and people could not come close to figuring it out, and yet it never stopped the Lord. And God continually moved in people's lives, God promoted people, God moved in people's lives. And for us as believers, why are we settling into normal faith where I got to feel it for it to work or I got to figure it out because that's how the world operates when we can walk in different faith and say, even though I'm not feeling it and even though I can't figure it out, I know who God is and I believe he can do it. Amen. So I want to take this story of this, this Roman officer and, and learn some things about different faith that I want to share with you, that I think are going to help you. And the first thing that I notice with this man who has different faith is he approaches Jesus with both humility and with confidence. He has humility, but he also has confidence. And sometimes we don't know how you can pull that off. Because to us, humility is like, I'm low. You can't be confident when you're humble. you got to go low. But you can be confident. When you're humble, and this man gives us this great picture, and I want to break it down like this. Humility, God gives grace to the humble. There were times whenever I would pray, and I would, like, get up in God's face. I'm just being transparent and real with you. Where it was like I was telling the Lord what to do. Because I felt confident, but I was overstepping. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I knew how this needed to go. And it was almost like, even though he was Lord, I was flirting with the line of being the Lord too. And it was almost like approaching him as a peer. And I know this has become a trend with people where Jesus is my homeboy and Jesus is my best friend. But I've never had a friend that went to the cross and suffered. I never, I had some good friends, man, I do. But I've never had a friend that went to the extent that position them, themselves, not just to be a peer, but to be someone who is high above every other name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so I approach him with humility because I know that God gives grace to the humble. And so when we approach God, we can't approach God like we're telling him what to do, but we do have to be confident in what he can do. See, it's that line of telling him what to do versus just bringing the need to him and letting him do what he does. There's a line there, okay? So watch this. The Roman officer, he was contrite, but he was confident. He had a contrite heart. And when we start talking about words like humility, this is where it gets interesting because it brings up this word, submissive. And we all know how people feel about those husband and wife verses, that the wives should submit to their husbands. If you're a husband here, look at your wife and tell them, you got to submit. And you're like, that's a trap. That's a trap. <laughs> I see dudes doing it, though. Oh, it's a busy week. I don't have time to do marriage counseling. <laughs> Fall Fest is coming up. <laughs> we don't like those words, though, because what we think it means is weak. You know how much strength it takes to submit to the Lord? What if we're forfeiting strength that could be ours because of pride? 
Think of this. Because culturally, that word, mm -mm, mm -mm, don't mess with that one, P-Way. Culturally, that word. Jesus, how many times did we see him say this? I've come to do the will of my Father. I've come to do the will of my Father. I've come to do the will of my Father. You know what he's saying every time? I submit to you, Lord. That's what he's saying. I submit. God gives grace to the humble. And so can we come to the Lord with humility but with confidence? Look at this verse in Hebrews 14. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. I'm humble, but I'm confident. This is what that means. I know who I am. I am not the Lord. He is the Lord. So I don't come to you like a Lord. I come to you like a son. But I'm confident in what you can do. And that's why I'm coming to you. See, I'm humble because I need you. And you are the Lord of my life. I, I, I look to you, I submit to you, my life is submitted to you, not just my words, but my life is submitted to you, but I'm also confident in what you are able to do. How are you approaching the Lord? You might not be confident with your situation, but you can be confident in him. So let's bring it to this place. Do you have confidence in Jesus? Think of this. If you're in supervision at work, you're going to give that really tough project to the person that you have confidence in. If you don't have confidence in them, they could have been at the company for 27 years, but you're not going to give it to them. And how did they make it 27 years if you're not confident in them? I don't know. But you're going to give it to the person that you're confident to. Let's flip this. I'm going to go to the person I have confidence in to help me. I have confidence in him and what he's able to do. So that's who I am going to. There's a level of trust there. I can trust you with this. I can have confidence in you. Do you have confidence in Jesus? Just a little oil check right now. A little maintenance check on your faith. Do you have confidence in Jesus? Here's the second thing I noticed that we can learn about this man's faith. This is different faith. He acknowledges the authority of Jesus' word. He's not just acknowledging Jesus as authority, but he's acknowledging what he said. That his word is powerful and it is authoritative. And he knew that because he, as a man being in authority, has sent his word. Tell them to come to this region so we can meet up. And the people come to the region to meet up. So he understood from the place of being in authority how to approach a person in authority so that he can ask the one in authority to do what he is authorized to do. Did y'all follow that or is that too many authority words all at one time? Is Jesus authority in your life or is he just helper? See, we, I've got this feeling that our, our, our Jesus in our minds, is an incomplete Jesus. He's the Bible Jesus instead of the person Jesus. He's the historical figure Jesus. Are, are y'all tracking with me? He's the one that Christmas is all about. You know, we're about to do this Christmas thing. And Jesus was born by the Virgin Mary. Merry Christmas. And then we got Easter Jesus that Jesus died. And three days later, he rose again. We got Easter Jesus. 
But what about the everyday Jesus? Like, which Jesus are you following? Or, or is it just Jesus follow me around? See, and I, I have to say this because the, the, the prayers that we want to pray and the things that we want to ask of the Lord, it requires us to call on Jesus who is in authority and not just my good old buddy that can help me out right now. And, and there has to be a distinction of who he really is in your life. And when we say Jesus is the Lord of my life, do we realize what we're saying? Like we're saying, Jesus, you run the show. You can tell me when I'm wrong. And you can tell me, no, don't do that. And you can tell me you need to leave there. And you can tell me, don't say that. You have the authority to do that. Now watch this. If somebody were to correct your kid after church, they see him and they just go up to him and start correcting them. You're going to look at them. I know. You're going to look at him. And this is what you want to know. What authority do you have to correct my kid? What authority do you have? But if your kid hears you and you tell them, stop running, and they do not stop running, or you tell them, use your walking feet instead of your running feet, however you want to say it, and they do not stop, is that a problem? Yes, sir, it's a problem. Because they haven't recognized authority yet. And so as a parent, what do we do? We help them to recognize authority. As sons and daughters, do we recognize his authority? Because watch, look, I know you want to recognize his authority to heal, but do you want his authority to tell you no? Amen. Let's step back from that, P-Way. Be encouraging. Late night last night. Mm. Ephesians 1, 21 and 22, it says, Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And God has put all things, say all things, not just some of the things that we like and some of the things that we just try not to talk about, but he has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. Meaning this, God put him in charge because we needed that. If we were in charge, we would wreck this thing. wonder why there are so many wrecks going on in people's lives. Maybe because we hadn't let him be the authority. And I, again, I want, I want you to ask yourself these questions as I share this today. Is Jesus the ultimate authority in my life? Or is it just if he agrees with me? And I've got to say this because we're, we're snowballing towards a more me-focused Christianity. We are. We, we're snowballing towards a me-focused Christianity that Jesus needs to come and validate. Can I say that? He needs to validate before he can operate. And that is not how this works. Because if he is Lord, if he is Lord, then we must submit to his lordship. And so until you acknowledge him as Lord, his word is optional to you. But when he is Lord, his word takes on a whole new meaning. It's a different thing. It's like you, you can operate with a substitute. And y'all remember that in school when the substitute came? I got in the most trouble in school with the substitute. 
But when the teacher showed up, it was a change because I knew the teacher had connections that could make calls. But the substitute, they were just trying to manage the room. God bless them. If you're a substitute, God bless you. But what if, I'm I'm asking this, what if we have placed a substitution kind of faith in our lives that feels good, and I can figure it out, but it doesn't produce what only the real one can produce? What if? Is he the authority of your life, or is he just somebody that maybe we'll call if we got to? Authority. Here's number three that I noticed in this story. This man accepted the reality of who Jesus is. This is Jesus. And again, we can become so familiar with Jesus with the lessons, the stories, the history. But I want you to know, Jesus was a real man who walked the earth with the power of God. He was a real man and he had the power of God and he suffered and he died for you and me. And the reality of Jesus is this, that he changes lives and he wants to change yours. Not just that one time, but continually over and over and over. In fact, I will say it like this. Jesus wants to change your mind. He wants to change the way that you think because maybe it's your thinking that's keeping you from seeing him as Lord. Maybe it's because this is what I learned about him. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just incomplete. That's all you know about him. But there's so much more to him to know, to realize that not only is he my helper, but he is ultimately the creator. And not only is he the creator, but he is the one who laid down his life to pay for all of the sins of all of mankind. This was a real person that gave his life through suffering, through sacrifice that gave it all so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins, who took a whip on his back and took stripes on his back so that you and I could be healed. Like this is a real person, not just a myth, not just history. This was a man who stood in the place to represent all of heaven, all of us. Thank you, Lord. So when you read things like John 11, verse 25, watch this. I am the resurrection and the life. Notice he didn't say, I can raise people up. I can do that. This is what he said. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever, watch this, believes in me. Whoever trusts in me. Whoever has faith in me. And watch how this breaks it down. This is the amplified version. Whoever believes in me, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on. So thankful that it broke it down like that. Adheres to, trusts in, relies on. I'm hearing hints of faithfulness in there. Not just I believed him that one time, but I always believe him. I continually believe him. Even when I have doubts, I still choose to believe him, even though I can't figure it out, because he is good. He has always been good. He doesn't stop being good. His plans are incredible, and they don't change. And so why would I go with something that's all over the place when I can go with the one who is consistent and reliable? You know what I'm saying? Where are you going to find love that reliable? You can't. People can't give it to you. But he can. He's consistent. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me as Savior, will live even if he dies. It's powerful. Some of y'all are like, I can't figure that out. 
me either. But when I look at his track record, man, he keeps doing it. So when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, this is what he's saying. I make you come alive. He causes us to live life to the fullest. And I want you to hear this. It's not just something he does for you. It's something he does in you. And it wasn't just that one time when you were a kid at that camp. But it's over and over and over again. So we do not allow our circumstances or situations to determine whether or not we believe. We make the decision even before. I believe. I believe God. Well, what are you going to do if this happens? I'm going to believe God. Well, how do you know that? You've never been there before. Because my decision is I'm going to believe God no matter what. I'm not going to have conditional faith and wait and see what's going to happen to determine if I believe. I'm going to have continual faith. I choose to believe. Because when I got saved, I dedicated my life to the Lord. Come on now. I committed my life to the Lord. You didn't know what you were getting into. I know. But I know the one that I committed to is faithful. And I know that he is reliable. And I know that he will never, ever give up on me. And I can believe God because he can take lifeless situations and turn them around. That's who Jesus is. So maybe you're living life, but you're not living life to the fullest. Maybe it's time to consider different faith. Not just the familiar faith, but having a different faith that I believe no matter what. Maybe you have a situation. It's time to approach Jesus with humility and with confidence. I want to finish with this story. Many of you don't know this, but I've been deaf in my left ear since I was seven years old. My brother and I were sword fighting some plastic shovels. And uh, I hit him one really good time. And his last ditch effort to stay alive, he swung the sword back. And he caught me at the back of my ear. And I had a lot of ear troubles uh, as a child. And that night, I lost my hearing in my left ear. had inner ear surgery to repair everything. I no longer had balance, like a lot of stuff inside my ear was damaged. And uh, the doctor basically told us that the nerve damage in the ear was beyond repair to regain hearing. So it's like at zero percent. And some of y'all are like, that's why it's so loud in here. <laughs> Thank you for that little accent right there. Um, I want you to know, man, 40 years. It's been 40 years since I lost hearing in that left ear. And I've probably prayed a thousand prayers. And there have been times where it's been so discouraging. I remember sitting in the mall of Louisiana at Baton Rouge and Elijah tried to tell me something in my ear. I couldn't hear him. And he thought I was ignoring him. It hurt his feelings. Man, those are moments that just stick with you. Um, I can remember growing up in church and 
the healing preacher would come, they would always, everybody turn around, look at me. Oh, you need to go and let the, the, the healing preacher pray for you. And they'd drag me up on the stage and pray for me and clog up the good ear and try to talk to me and see if I could hear. Make a little spectacle out of you, man. And you're just trying to get out of that situation. And they ask, can you hear? And you're just like, yeah, yeah, just let me off the stage. You know, I couldn't hear. And uh, if I'm in a noisy room, like if you're talking to me and it's a noisy room, I'm going to have to lean in or you're going to have to talk louder. It's just things that I had to learn to do with this. And man, there are moments where it's like I don't feel like God's going to do anything. There are. There are moments where I go into like, you know, the, the little rabbit hole and trying to figure out all the things you can do. You know, you can put that oil on it. You can put this little technique. You can do this. You can do that. And don't act like y'all don't do it. You do it too. The feelings, the figuring it out. Um, but I've never been angry at God over it. Even when I've been embarrassed, never been angry at God. And for whatever reason, I've always believed he would heal me. Still to this day, I still believe. And this is, this is the place that I've come to in my faith, not just with that, just my faith in my life. That my faith doesn't need a result in order to believe. I want to say that again. My faith doesn't need a result in order to believe. Meaning, my condition doesn't change what he's able to do and what he's not able to do. Um, I already have a result. And if the result of what I went through was Jesus, that's a good result. Am I figuring it out? That is not the result I wanted. But I got a lot more than what I wanted. Some of y'all, you're not getting that because you're feeling sorry for me about my ear. And I'm not asking no one to feel sorry for me because I'm still rolling. I mean, we're still rolling. And there are days, y'all, there are days where I feel like something's happening. Here recently, I had some moments. I haven't felt anything in this ear. I'll feel pain, but I haven't felt anything like vibrations or anything in this ear in forever. And there's a few moments recently where I started feeling vibrations in the ear again. And it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe today's the day. And then the next day, not feel a thing. And like, well, maybe not today, maybe next week. We'll see. If I never hear out of that ear again, and some of y'all are like, Pastor Wade, don't say that. If I never hear out of that ear again, I still have an ability to hear his voice. Come on. See, when I was 12 and I heard the call of God on my life, I couldn't hear out of that ear. But I could still hear his voice. And it took just as much faith to hear what he said that day as it will ever take to hear out of this ear again. But I heard his voice. I heard his calling. I heard him speak to me. And this was the thought that I had. Even though this body 
may have a handicap. It doesn't mean that my faith has to be handicapped. Even though you may have some really crazy stuff going on in your life, it doesn't mean that your faith has to fall apart. It just means I really got to live by faith to sustain it through this. See, I've learned that faith takes grit. Grit. Oh, God, give me grace, but I got to have some grit to believe that God knows what he's doing, even if he isn't doing it the way I'm begging him to do it. Come on, that has a lot of weight on it, and I know. See, I'm not trying to preach this from perspective, preaching down to you. I'm going to preach this with you right there because I still have my moments. Still have my moments, man, where it gets to me, but still making that decision again, God, I'm going to trust you. So I'll say it like this. You'll either have conditional faith where we'll see what happens or you'll have continual faith where no matter what happens. See, like right now in the world we live in with inflation going up, there's people worried about the economy. You're trying to figure out how you're going to make it. And yeah, I know you probably need to get a budget. I know. Join the crowd. But let's not forget that God is a provider. You know what I'm saying? Where where we used to trust God because we were living in abundance. We had more than enough, but now it's barely enough to get by. And so now our faith changes. Instead of trusting God's consistency. So continual faith is this. I still believe God is a healer. I still believe God is a savior. Oh, I don't think God can save them. He's still a savior still is. Even the hard people he can save. Amen? I still believe. Like that's that's the confession of my life. I still believe. Well, what are you going to do about this? I don't know, but I still believe. Uh, I mentioned last week about the building situation and there's a lot of feedback. People are like, oh, we're praying. What are you going to do? I still believe. That's what I'm going to do. I'm still going to believe. And what are you going to do about your ear? Because I know you're going to have questions about, I'm still going to believe even though I don't have solutions, even though I don't feel it all the time, I'm still going to believe because that's the decision that I've made. And I just wonder what in your life could be different if you just made that decision and lived by it, that I decided this is where we're going. You sing this old song, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. Not just get saved. <laughs> I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And this is how I want to finish. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. It's real, even if I don't see it. So my eyes don't have to see what my faith has already told me. And today I want to pray for you and your faith. Because maybe, maybe you're the feeling person and you're caught up in your feelings. Or maybe you're the figure it out person. And no matter how you move the puzzle pieces, it just never seems 
to come together. And you tried it this way. You tried it that way. You tried to put new pieces. You tried to get rid of pieces. And no matter what pieces you put together, it is not coming together because this is not a matter of figuring it out. It's a matter of faith. And when you see the Father take all the pieces and put them back together, you're like, your mind's blown because you can't figure out how can he do it because he's Lord. And I just want to open up this altar this morning because maybe you're struggling in your faith. Maybe it's similar to my situation. You've been believing God for a long time and you haven't seen the results that you're praying for. And can I say this? Maybe it's not about the results. Maybe it's not about the results. It's about the Lord. So I want to open this up this morning. If you want prayer to grow in your faith, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come and join me down here at the front. We're just going to pray over you today. The Lord will increase your faith. Come on, you're in those situations. Join me. I'll come stand. I'll be the first one. Come join me. You've been feel, You're not feeling it. He's like, Pastor, I don't feel like getting up from here. I know. I'm not trying to drag you out of your seat. I'm just trying to get you to Jesus. Come on. For some people, it just takes faith to get down here because it's a risk. Come on. some of our small group leaders pastors to come and begin to just put a hand on their shoulder and pray today Father Lord I'm praying today for faith that believes no matter what you've given us a measure of faith now I pray they will put the faith to work I pray that our faith will not be measured by results but by your faithfulness pray today, Father, we will continue to believe. Come on, stand with me, everyone in the room. Let's make the decision, God, I believe you no matter what. Come on, down here at the front, say it. God, I believe you even if I can't figure it out, even if I don't feel it, even if I can't wrap my mind around it. I still believe. Come on, you've been you've had seeds planted in your life. You've been in the services, you've heard the sermons. Thank you, Lord. The Lord has been depositing faith. He's been speaking to you. You just hadn't put it all together yet. Thank you, Lord, for a faith that remains. Faithful, 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 faithful. We declare it today, faithful. Make the decision, I believe no matter what. If you're down there, tell him, God, I believe you no matter what. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Have you made that decision? Have you made that decision? I believe you, Lord, no matter what. I pray that as you hear this message, you make the decision today. I'm going to live with a different faith. I'm going to change the way I'm speaking. 
I'm going to speak what he says instead of how I feel. Come on, I'm going to say what he says. I, I, I got to say something. And if I'm going to say something, I'm going to speak life into the, what's going on at work. Instead of sitting around and, and just going along with what everybody else is saying about where the world economy is, I'm going to say my father is a provider. And he's always provided. We've always had more than enough. Come on, that's what I'm going to say. Different faith. Father, today I pray for every person in this room as we walk out those doors that our faith won't be conditional, but it will be continual. Continually trusting you. And Father, I pray that the feelings we have and the mind that we have to try to figure it all out, I pray that when those moments occur, we will come back to the decision where we said, God, I trust you with it. God, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my kids. I trust you with the marriage. I trust you with the business. God, I trust you with it. I want to be a faithful steward of it. I want to be wise in how I operate in it. But ultimately, I'm trusting you with it all. Father, we want to be faithful. So we approach you today in humility because you're Lord, but we approach you confidently because we know that you are able. So we walk out those doors today. Let us be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.